Who's yeah. James? Me? I'm, hey, uh, James. I'm James. That's James. Yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm some guy that, uh, that just took off the street. But, no. <laughs> Wait, are we actually going? Yeah, we can go. <laughs> That's wild. You just do it, man. You just I thought do it. it was going to be like, go. Don't okay. you wish you were a fly oh, wait, on the can... wall. Do, 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 do. Can, you, can you clap? <laughs> More than one for me, please. This is not helpful. Yeah, that yeah, shut the fuck up. Oh, the purpose sorry. of the claps are for me to sync the audio in post. Oh, so that made it a lot so, worse. <laughs> oh. <laughs> a lot worse. I got some good ones in there. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Join into any clap? Yes. I think, uh, okay. Clapping is contagious. Personal experience. Uh, so I'm not going to say this is a, a proven effect. But every time that I start clapping in like a group setting when anything happens, everyone also starts clapping. We had a clicker quiz in one of my classes. And everyone kept getting the answers right. And we were all like, yeah, we, we're smart. We know what we're doing. And every time that it came up that like we all got the answers right, I would just start clapping and everyone else would start clapping. The same is true of laughter. And yeah, for some reason, my dad is really incessant on this. So he's like, <laughs> oh, I got a funny idea. Uh, one day when you're just hanging with your buddies, you should just start randomly laughing and see how many of them join you. I'm like, oh, okay. Have you ever done that? <laughs> <laughs> I really don't know. <laughs> That's two for two. <laughs> Except for Chuck in the corner over oh, there. You're too uh, loud. That was my laugh. <laughs> you get you can cut that. Turn yourself a little down. Can you just speak louder? No. I'm at a good <laughs> volume. The problem is not the volume that I'm speaking. The, vo- the problem is the volume you're speaking relative to the level of the mic. So can you turn it down? I'll I'll just move further away. Okay. How? Yeah, okay. What do you mean, how? What do you mean? You're against the back of the wall. How can you move? Oh, move the mic further away. You said, I'll move further away. Uh, you did. Also, uh, I've been told by avid listeners that your voice, like, pierces their souls. And I think it's because <laughs> you talk so close to the mic. <laughs> Are they saying that in a bad connotation? No, they're like, like I think... <laughs> talking to ben and he's like oh, yeah Audrey, like, you guys sound great but matt's ben. voice pierces my soul i think because first off in contrast to mine especially in our first few episodes where it's just you and me like my voice sounds so high compared to yours mm, yeah so that and i talk a lot so that when you come in it's like <laughs> but also because you talk close to the mic so it changes like the timbre like this yeah don't do that don't do this. <laughs> oh, Eileen bought like three boxes of donuts. If you guys want a donut, like eat a donut, please. Are they good donuts? They're apple cider donuts. Ooh, those are good donuts. I would love one. Come on. Pause. Pause. Are you pausing to go get one? Pause. Wait, yeah. don't eat donuts on the fucking podcast. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. You guys are just making my life hard. I'll be here, I guess. Bean. All by myself. You have double fisted right, donuts. Let's, let's get back into this. Except the door is open and Charlie's going to come back in, so we might as well wait. Why would that matter? Because the door being open drastically changes our background noise, mm. and Charlie walking in would interrupt our audio. Also, are we really going to keep going when you're both actively eating donuts?
Yeah. Stop. Stop. <laughs> Look at your lip smacking. <laughs> Terrible. You gotta, you gotta scoot back. Mmm. Mmm. Mm. Donut. Mm. I hate this. Oh my god. Mm. I don't know what you think would happen inviting me on. This is my uh, version. I am a catalyst my for Matt's pure chaos. This is my parody of the Yoda ASMR. <clears throat> <laughs> that's a that's a audio clip of Yoda dying in Lego Star Wars. Are you guys done with your donuts? What, what were we talking about earlier? Uh, I still haven't been properly introduced. So, anyways, <laughs> um, I'm not sure where we are yet. If uh, any of the prior audio will be used, I don't think in the so. Final release. <laughs> I don't. You could use some of it. Speaking Maybe like as a... the editor of the podcast, I don't think we're going to use much of that audio because you guys got up, left, and got donuts, <laughs> oh, and maybe... then ate them very close to the Wait. mic. <laughs> maybe like Wait. a bloopers reel. <laughs> Wait, we got donuts? Who is we? Is there another person here? Wait a minute. Yeah, there is. Hey. Hey, you. Who are you? Uh, hello. My name is James, and I am a friend of Audrey and Matt. Uh... I have been invited to speak on this podcast uh, very kindly, um, which is ironic because I'm actually not STEM. I am economics and philosophy. I do have a, I am studying math also, but that's like low key. So yeah, <laughs> I uh, I don't know what what I should what else I should what else should I say? <laughs> Well, it's going to be rough if you can't think of anything to say. Uh, James, hmm, what? quick, quick question. Yeah. Um, give me the first thing that pops into your mind. Actually, no. no. <laughs> Tell me the first word that pops into your mind after I say this word. Okay. Well, two words. <laughs> standardized testing. I hate standardized tests. That's nope, not, not one, one word. word. <laughs> oh, hatred. <laughs> Good job. I, uh, yeah, I, uh have gone on rants about this before but i very much dislike standardized testing and i dislike exams in general i think it's a, a bad way for teachers to see how their students are doing in classes because instead of actually learning the information that like we want to learn and learning the information in a helpful way we're just studying to answer questions on an exam uh, because we want to have good grades in the classes, but we're not actually learning anything that will be helpful for our future career paths, and I think that that's kind of dumb and a bad way to teach. Yeah, uh, and if you if you didn't catch it before today, we're we're talking about exams. <laughs> that was our kind of our kind of goal. Because Matt, you and I both took our advanced quantum exam yesterday. That is correct. And I've had I had several music exams this week. And we have our GREs and we next have week. Our our graduate record examination. Is that what GRE stands yeah. for? Yeah. Yeah. I never knew. I always thought it was graduate readiness exam, but no, it's record. That, that sounds kinda clunky though. Yeah. Yeah. But that's like it, that's what it. it is though. No, I mean the graduate readiness one. <clears throat> I no, think I know. I'm but it's clunky. testing to see if you're ready for grad school. So like I think it stands for yeah. great rigged exam. <laughs> Cause it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, agreed uh i live with matt and he keeps bringing up these words that are like gre words <laughs> and i think it's really dumb 
how a standardized test like wants you to memorize fancy words and all the words have synonyms that are used in daily life can i interject right real quick yeah i think that the preparation for this exam has really made my vocabulary pretty pavanine <laughs> I'm, I'm not even gonna ask what that means i'm um, not gonna give you the satisfaction yeah, no. of asking what that means no no that, that was just a case example yeah but like he does this stuff all the time and it's really annoying I think the worst part is that, like, he could just use another simpler, easier to say, and more efficient word than a fancy word that makes him sound smarter. And he's only doing this ironically. Uh, I love Matt. Great guy. Uh, We're holding each other's hands right now. It's really cute. But um, how does knowing these fancy words help you for any future career path or any master's programs that you are going for? Unless it's maybe in English, but I also know nothing about the English master's program. Yeah, and I feel like if you're someone studying English, your goal is to have your work read by people. And people, as a general term, don't know these stupid words. That's also true. But, like, I was thinking, how does knowing these fancy words help Matt in his pursuit in a career in astrophysics i think the the idea they're going for is that when you enter graduate school and like your eventual career you're supposed to be a quote-unquote professional Mm. and professionals at least in their work don't use simple words because i guess they're supposed to be better than that and they're supposed to be at a different level than the common person which like i get to a certain extent but they should be able to communicate their work to the simple person. I always thought, like, especially with the GRE, I thought it was more of a discipline thing. Because in order to do really well on it, you have to study for it, like, at least a little. So I always thought it was more a test of, like, your ability to prepare for something, even if it's unreasonable. Maybe that's just me putting meaning on it that makes me (laughs) feel better about taking the stupid test. But, like... I would say that, you know, your transcript is more... More of exercise self-discipline. Yeah. I would also say that it's kind of dumb. The GRE wants you to memorize stuff because, again, I am not pursuing a master's right now. I'm still in my undergrad. But when you go into a career field, um, especially one that requires a master's or even a doctorate to pursue further, you're, you're not expected to memorize everything. In fact, you're probably expected to memorize very little because all of the information is on these small devices that we all carry around on us. You could just look up anything yeah. on these, and it's I think it's amazing. But I think that what it, these tests should be testing you on is your ability to reason through things and come to correct conclusions based on evidence at hand. Yeah. And I'm not sure, because I'm not studying for the GRE right now, I'm not sure if they have stuff like that on it. But I just think that the memorization aspect is kind of dumb. It's a bad way to learn. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think, yeah, like standardized tests aside, though. So I also do have a problem with the regular tests. Personally, I think the best way to see how your students are doing is instead of having tests, you should have projects or uh, papers that test the student's ability to research a topic to find data and to come to a conclusion from that data. I have a test coming up next week, and 
it's in a class that I know nothing about what's going on because the lecturer is awful. And I'm not going to say what class it is, but if you're in it, you, you know who it is. Uh, <laughs> he's really bad. But <clears throat> uh, all I was told by someone who took this class earlier was to just study the questions in the syllabus. And if you can study those questions, you'll do well on the exams. But I'm not learning anything from that. All I'm learning is how to answer a question, which isn't going to help me in my career field at all. Yeah. I think physics is a little bit particular in the way that it does exams, usually, usually, in that they, like, actually, I was I was talking to my advisor the other day, and he was talking about his exam, because he just gave his exam to the course he's teaching this semester. And he says he likes to think of questions almost as, like, projects. They're just projects that you have to do in a very short time frame, obviously. But they're, like, they're usually, what, like, average number of questions on a physics exam, probably three questions. Um, three to five? Well, if you have an hour-long class... It's usually two to three questions. Yeah. we Our exam yesterday was one question. Huh. Yeah. I He handed me the paper and I looked down. Wrote my, or I didn't write my name on it. Because <laughs> we have those stupid blue books. Yeah. Uh-oh. But um, yeah, I looked at the paper. It said one bracket, 100 points. <laughs> I was like, oh. excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds terrifying. But like. I was, last semester I took a class, uh, it was an economics class, and most of my exams and econ classes are exactly the kind of things that I don't like. They're just testing us on how to answer, like, specific questions given, like, sufficient information to answer the question, but I didn't understand the meaning behind, like, the model that we were using and uh, where it comes from and how it is formed, but in the class I was taking last semester... We had something that we never had, which were essay questions for economics. And it allowed me to actually write and come to conclusions about how a model was formed, how it can be inferred from observations that are uh, noticed in economic interactions. And this is part of the reason, or at least these exam questions, I really enjoyed answering them. And that's also kind of why I realized why I would rather go into economics than my previous plan, which was to go into law. For those of you who do not know me, I originally came to Stony Brook as a pre-law student. I have since shifted my focus more towards economics and plan to pursue a career path in that. Yeah, I think uh, especially in in physics is like what I can essentially only speak to is like physics and math exams or the ones that I've taken in college. With the exception of music, I've taken quite a few music exams, and I think one thing I find interesting is how similar they are to physics exams, in that a physics exam is usually very few questions, and it asks you to do to solve a problem by applying the knowledge you've learned in the lecture, which makes obviously makes a lot of sense. And music exams do the exact same thing, uh, with with the exception of some weird, like, specific ones. Like, oral training exams, obviously, you're going to be listening to things and dictating them onto paper, because that's what oral training is. But, uh, like, I'm taking a class on tonal harmony right now, and our, our exam was, like, I think three questions long. Three or four questions, but, like, one of them was just, like... Uh, write these four-part harmonies using these chord progressions with all of like the functional harmony rules that you've learned so far. And 
it kind of was strikingly similar to a physics exam. I don't want to say not nearly as difficult because this is a course meant for like first year music majors and my physics exams are obviously meant for fourth year physics majors, but it was like a very similar concept. But I think economics and and a lot of the like more humanities leaning things are like a bit different in that like we don't have essay questions ever. Yeah, ever? I mean, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. But that was my first essay question in economics. Normally, it does. It is at least seems similar to a physics exam in its structure, and that we are given like questions and asked to answer them using mathematical models that we have learned in class. Hmm. James, do you remember the philosophy course we took together Uh, last semester? That was a great time. That was like really a culture shock for me. Yeah, I, uh, Matt needed a philosophy class or not a philosophy class, but a humanities class in order to graduate. Um, just, you know, standard, uh, core requirements, core requirements. Yeah. And I recommended him to take a class with me that was with a professor that is one of my favorite professors here. And <clears throat> Matt, do you want to talk about your experience in that class? Well, so I think one of this professor's trademarks is he kind of has, at least from what I could gather, a rather unconventional teaching style, which was like quite the exact opposite of everything I'd had experience with, like through like all my courses in physics or astronomy, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. I feel like I say that a lot. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of my et cetera. Mm. But um, yeah, because we didn't really have any. Well, we had two quizzes at the start. Yeah, but those were also like take home. Yeah, you could like take them home. You could redo them, I think. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Mm-hmm. And the only assignments we ever had in that class was like one. We had to write like a journal entry at the beginning of the class and then we just had to do a presentation and other than that there was really no work there was no pressure to you know improve your grade in the class there's no pressure to get an a or a b or whatever it was all just focus on the the lesson yeah it was great yeah i think our uh, our first quantum mechanics course was kind of an interesting experience and test taking because it was very motivated by your grade in that after every single exam our professor would hand back your exam with your grade on it as well as your homework average up to that point and he would post outside his office a plot of like homework average versus exam average and you'd find your point on there and there would be these horizontal or not horizontal these slanted lines for mm. a b c d that's and terrifying. so like on the one hand, it's nice that you know where you are in the class. You know where you stand relative to your classmates. But it meant that that was always what you were thinking about. Like, I remember Matt and I, after our first exam, were on the line between A's and B's. And we were yeah. like, we got to get ourselves over that line. Yeah, that was where all your effort went into was, was moving your position moving on up that plot above the line. As opposed to actually internalizing the material. It was, how could I answer these questions better? But then at the same time, I feel like his exams, while a bit ridiculous at times did really do some good things in making us critically think about quantum mechanics Mm. i agree but to the point where like whether or not it's good that our education is valued on a grade Mm. i think those exams were terrible in both teaching us the material and getting us a good grade yeah 
That's true. I mean, we both did okay. In that we both got A's. I got an A minus. I got an A minus. You got an A minus. Yeah, we both got A minuses, but like that's still pretty good. It's still pretty good, honey. especially for a class like quantum mechanics. Yeah, but I think that there was a lot of pressure on those exams, and they asked questions. Physicists like to do this, where they, like they'll ask you a question that you've never seen before and don't know how to solve. Every exam, almost every exam we've ever taken has at least question one question we don't know how to solve on it. And you have to figure it out. That's like your whole goal is to figure it out with what you know already. Um, but I, th- I think our quantum exams in particular really pushed that. Like we, mm. I remember one of our exams, we got a question on spin orbit coupling, which is a thing that now that we're in the second semester of quantum, we've just covered. But it was on like our second midterm in first semester quantum. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm not sure if that was just a matter of the class or just a matter of the professor not really teaching it. Yeah. Because I remember he kind of introduced it. <laughs> he introduced it. He the... said, this is this, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> not how to solve it. Yeah. He's like, yeah, you might talk, you might, um, it might come up in your next semester's class. Yeah. I'm going to put it on my exam. Yeah. That's and those rough. exams were, were odd for us in that they were our first physics exams to ever have multiple choice questions on them. Mm, that does sound odd. Do you ever get multiple choice questions? I have not had a multiple choice exam since freshman year in well, poli sci 102, which was the easiest class I've ever taken. Yeah. I think it's a lot more common in like... And not only was it multiple choice. But true false. It was true false. Oh. It was true false, then multiple choice, then short answer. Yeah. It was That's all strange. Yeah. So I remember getting a lot of things wrong on like the true false questions because a lot of them were like just like word tricks yeah they were Mm. trick questions which was god awful it was it was pretty rude that sounds awful i think yeah i think multiple choice is really uncommon in physics i think it's more common in stuff like like bio Mm -hmm. to to an extent uh and like for pre-med students i know they have a lot of multiple choice exams Cause, cause that's what you need to do as as a doctor you need to have those facts on hand yeah because you don't really like if you're in a high pressure situation you don't have time to go refer to your books mm-hmm. but for physicists it doesn't make sense for us to memorize things which I, do we want to take this time to rant about the physics gre it's up to you <laughs> I, don't know. I, I know you want to oh, i'm always like ready just go ahead <laughs> oh, go. full throttle let's oh, go let's my hear God. It. the physics gre is one of the worst exams i've ever set my eyes upon in that it is an exam that almost every physics graduate program requires you to take and highly values how you do on it. Mm. And yet it is the worst indicator for how you will do in a career in physics by far. Because what it requires is you to answer 100 multiple choice physics questions in less than three hours. That's really dumb. On a lot of them are like kind of advanced physics topics. So what you end up spending your time studying is like you study random facts in special topic physics yeah, that you it can goes just through like the major subject areas that you've covered or at least should have covered should in have your covered. undergraduate career hmm. and then 10 percent of the exam is just random factoids about like, like literally random facts awful yeah that's like so what dumb. is the binding energy of positronium yeah like what what is it i don't know <laughs> why would i know that <laughs> and because you studied uh, not yet. <laughs> not enough, <laughs> evidently. I still don't know the binding energy of positronium. Mm. 
Yeah, but I remember we got a question on the, like, what's the binding energy of lithium sticks? And I'm like, I know this from my research, but, like, fuck if I was anyone other than me right now. Yeah. Who, like, I've literally spent, like, several <laughs> weeks studying the binding energy of lithium sticks. So, like, good on me. For that one question. Yeah, it's yeah very idiotic. That's really dumb. And a, a lot of questions on, like, superconductors and semiconductors that no one would know unless they are an active researcher in semiconductors uh, and questions in, in nuclear reactions and stuff. It's, like, just all very specific and weird, mm. and you just need to memorize. And the rest of the exam, you don't get a calculator on it. So a lot of the... Really? Uh, like, uh, yeah, a good number of the questions whittled down to you being able to quickly calculate, like, a gamma factor in your head. And I don't know if you've ever calculated a gamma factor in relativity. I cannot say I have. <laughs> but it involves taking... An inverse square root in your head. That, oh. Of usually, like, a decimal. Oh. Yeah, it's terrible. That's it's, awful. Yeah. And so many surveys have found absolutely no correlation between your physics GRE score and like, know, your eventual success in your career. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, like, I just Googled... Oh, that plot. Try, I just Googled some stats and some, some association. I don't know if you're, like, scrolling up. But they sent a questionnaire to 270 people who won a like a pretty prestigious postdoctoral fellowship mm-hmm. and about 50% of them um would have been rejected by like strictly their PGRE score yeah. at like mm-hmm. major universities. Do you know what the average was for them? I don't know. I could, I don't numbers for us? I don't know. Oh yeah, this exam also this just bothers me on a fundamental level. The point system it's out of 990 points. Oh, yeah. I remember hearing about but that. But it's only in 10-point increments. So why not make it... First off, why not make it out of 99 points and get rid of your trailing zero? Because there's literally no reason for it to be there. And secondly, why not just make it out of 100 and give percentages? <laughs> not only that, um, out of the 100 questions on the exam, you only need to get like 82 of them right to get a perfect score yeah 82 and the rest don't matter that's so dumb i uh i as i said before i used to be pre-law so i took the lsat twice um it also has a really dumb scoring system it is out of 180 but you cannot get lower than a 120 and i just i do not understand how it works i I never understood how it worked it's just i i don't get it yeah it's very dumb like i think on the on the physics GRE, can't you like not actually get anything below like a 200 i think so something like that and i know like no one gets below a 400 Hmm. like why even bother having yeah that area if it, if they can't get below it who knows because that, that might as well just be a zero and i know some like a lot of schools in other and other departments have started phasing out their subject GREs because it's a similar concept. Like, I know we have a lot of friends who don't need uh, subject-specific GREs to get into graduate school, but mm-hmm. physics is, like, hanging on for whatever reason, yeah. even though mm-hmm. I think it's the worst one you could test. And I'm glad astronomy's kind of picking up that wave. Yeah, like probably Probably a quarter out. of the schools I'll be applying to no longer even want to see your physics GRE That's scores. Nice. Yeah. And I think... 
it's starting to catch on. Like this year's the first year Stanford doesn't require physics GREs. Ooh, yeah. But that's like one of the only like top tier research institutions that's not requiring it. Mm. And also, it also really depends on who's looking at your application. Because mm. I know I was talking to my advisor about this and about like all the stress I've been going through trying to, mm. you know, get the best score. And he's like, yeah, when I was on the applications committee, because like he was from the UK, so they mm. don't have that type of testing. So he knew nothing about it coming in. He was like, yeah, I didn't know much about it, so I just didn't look at it. <laughs> I just didn't care because, like... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sadly, like, especially, like, I'm in high-energy physics, and it's such a competitive application process already that, like, in a lot of cases, it does really matter how you do. Mm. Which is infuriating. But that's... It's it's fine. It's fine. Can I tap your mug real quick? Why do you want to tap my mug? Trust me. Just trust, it's really trust, hot. trust oh, you just me. Just trust him. Uh, He's just gonna tap it. And that is the tea. <laughs> Why? <laughs> you can't hear that. That was on awful. The mic. Hey, they, I did not hear from here. If I can't hear that, I don't think the mics. I see the blip. Up. I see the blips. That's from you saying this is the tea. Yeah. Well, that's why I was. That's the oh, point. Okay. Oh, my tea's mean, still too hot to drink. That's so sad. I know. Hasn't it been too hot this whole time? Are you smelling my candle? No, I'm going to tap it. Matt, please don't say it's the tea. Don't drink that. That was... What? I don't know what's going uh, on. Don't light Don't the f- blow out my candle! Don't light the fern on fire. Don't drink the, the candle. Forbidden tea. <laughs> no. Give <laughs> <laughs> me the new meme. The sacred snack. <laughs> Oh, my God. What? I'm so tired. Yeah. I think we all are. Hi, I'm ill. I think we're at that point in the semester. I'm not tired. I'm just fucked up right now. (laughs) What do you mean by that? Nothing. You have done nothing. Listen. You don't have to do anything to be, like, so enormously stressed right now. Oh, well, that's different. Yeah. Yeah. That fucks you up. That's true. One day, I had to study for an entire semester's worth of material because I just kind of ignored the class. And I lost my mind. It Can was, you be louder? It was philosophy of mathematics. And I had to basically teach myself how mathematics was grounded. Mm. And that was difficult. Yeah. Interesting stuff, though. I really do enjoy it. <laughs> I just kind of ignored the class. Oh, you enjoy your major? Whoa, yeah. Wow. It's It's a nice feeling. Must be nice. No, I love my major. I mean, like, we complain about this kind of stuff all the time. Mm. But we really do enjoy what we do. Yeah. It's all in jest and a way of getting out frustrations. Yeah. I think it's because of the tests that we all hate. I'm still a little bit mad about that paper that I had to read. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was told by my advisor to go find an equation solving for like this one variable that I need in this 14-page physics review letter mm. that I had access to. And I spent like a week trying to find this equation and i finally found it the day before i was supposed to meet with him and the reason i couldn't find it was because it wasn't actually an equation it was a set of about 15 equations Ah. that you need to solve using some like i don't i don't even know if you can solve it analytically you might need to only solve it numerically oh that's awful like it's just nightmarish and I spent a whole week being like, where is this one thing I need? And I'm like, it's everywhere. All of it. You need all of it. You need this whole paper. Oh. And then you need to plug it all into Mathematica. That's so sad. 
You use Mathematica? I'm going to. I'm sorry. I had to for research the whole time. I don't I, like I, it. I have a severe disdain. Matt, do it. you do you only use Python? He uses MATLAB. I use Python and MATLAB. Oh, I mean, I only use R and Stata. And that's all for statistical analysis. <laughs> yeah, I think I think what language you use is very heavily influenced by your field. I'm I'm yeah, doing definitely. all my research in Python right now, and it's quite nice. Hmm. Oh, I gotta show you. I made the cutest little animated plots. Yeah, send me a video of that. <laughs> oh yeah, they're so cute. May I see them? Yeah, I'll show them to you later. Oh okay. But uh. I haven't pushed them to Git yet, so I don't have them on that computer. I only have them on my laptop. I gotta push my push my commits. Um, <laughs> you got this. Uh, I've lost my train of thought. Push entirely. your commits. Push your commits. That's our advice for the day. Everyone, go push your commits to GitHub. Mm. <laughs> Save um, your work. Version hey. tracking's important. Hey, you got a bit of a brown spot forming on your fern here. Oh my oh. god. Should don't we should we turn it? it? We need an update plant update i i don't know it's a it's still a plant it's still a plant it's not dead Ooh, everyone but it's not thriving you can see all the spots where you clipped off i didn't clip it off some well, well somebody did. did it got like just beaten up that's really sad <laughs> yeah yeah got seems jokes. like a clean incision to me no because there, there are places where it, like the the stems got like snapped and then I just pulled off the rest because it's not going to heal that. It was already broken. Well, how did it snapped? From getting Somebody jostled. snapped them. Did you? That wasn't me. Wasn't I would never do that. It wasn't me. I think some of it, a lot of it actually is, is from Home Depot before I even got it. But a lot of it was also from, from like, replanting it. So, I don't know. Can we appreciate my other plants? They're doing so well. They look very nice. Look at this one. Aw. It's a, it's a nice plant. That one's very aesthetic. I think it helps that I'm not wearing my glasses, so I can't, like, <laughs> see the clear shapes. Mm. Kind of blobby, but it looks nice. How many fingers am I holding up? Dude, you behind the plant. I can't see. Because you don't have your glasses. Haha, <laughs> it's only two. Bruh. <laughs> as blind as a bat. I always got frustrated by how many fingers are you holding up? Because like I it's was so dumb. Yeah, yeah, I was a kid with glasses, and I'm like, I can still see the fingers; they're just fuzzy. Yeah, like, you don't understand like, the concept here. <laughs> well, I'm blind. Yeah, because I have glasses. Well, unless like, you have glasses, there's no way of you to know what that's like. Yeah, that's true. You I know, had very. I... <laughs> I'm sorry, Audrey. It's go okay. Ahead. Go ahead. I, when I got I got contacts for a bit in high school for dance, and like the first thing that I did when I got contacts was put my glasses on over my contacts to see what other people saw when they stole my glasses. It yeah. hurts. It does hurt your brain a little bit. Audrey, I've worn your glasses. I have bad eyesight, mm. but yours is worse. I know. Ever I since I well, I started wearing contacts years mm. ago, but I like hardly ever wear my glasses now because I just never liked having them on I my face. I always forget that you even. Have yeah, them. I was about yeah, to say that people. Same just don't think i need glasses and they're amazed by the fact that i've i am wearing corrective lenses mm. at every moment in time like <laughs> every time at night when we're like all going to bed and stuff and i just walk out and see matt at the sink with glasses i'm shocked that <laughs> or, he has them. or if i just have my contacts out and like i'm not wearing glasses i have to squint at everybody oh yeah that too how bad is your eyesight <laughs> it's terrible yeah what are your contacts uh well i don't know what your version of terrible is but mine are minus four. Okay, that's yeah. So yeah. my eyesight isn't that bad. I um I only got glasses like 
sophomore year of high school. Didn't even before then. <laughs> so mine's not as bad as theirs, but like it's it's getting worse. We've transferred from academic exams to eye exams. <laughs> I also I don't wear contacts because I don't let things near my eyes. They get very twitchy. Yeah, I am sick of the multiple choice format of eye exams. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like A B. Which a, is B, better? C, D, I cannot tell. C, oh. D, Can you tell which one, one is better? Usually two. not. And my eye doctor has a really soothing voice. Well, that's nice. <laughs> and it's an odd, it's a really odd experience to go through. He's like, one or two, <laughs> three or four. This is five, and now six. And, it, <laughs> and I'm just sitting here with this huge contraption onto my face, like being soothed. Yeah. <laughs> I had in high school my eye doctor had like the most like nasally like Ugh. how is this a real person voice and she just like this old old woman would be like which is better first or second like the whole <laughs> time awful. and she spoke so slow I'm like we can get this eye exam done so much faster <laughs> if like anyone else is giving it right now <laughs> oh jeez uh, that's rough yeah yeah how do you study for exams? Uh, well, it depends on what the exam is in. I'm done with my philosophy degree. Like, I've taken all the classes required for it. So I'm not taking any right now. But in the past, um, my exams have mostly been, like, essays and stuff. Mm -hmm. And, like, so I would, like, read through the source material that we're given. And then I would basically write out all the arguments that could be made for mm -hmm. the paper. And then see, like, which arguments conflict so I could point out flaws in the paper and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, most of my uh, sophomore year actually was pointing out the flaws in Descartes' uh, methods of reasoning. Mm -hmm. It was really easy. He's, it was really bad. <laughs> Not what I wrote, what he wrote. It was, it was a mess. Yeah, I think this week kind of startled me because our, our advanced quantum exam was open book, open note. Like, you could literally bring anything except the internet. And <laughs> and it sucked because my textbook was on the internet. That's yeah, really if you had a PDF the textbook. That oh. was like $5 worth of printing money. Yeah, but you don't use all the printing quota anyway. Yeah, yeah, but it was more than I've ever had to use. That's fair. And it made me uncomfortable. Yeah, and I think I, I got, like, very nervous for this exam because i'm like how do i study because mm. usually my way of studying for physics exams is by looking over my notes reading through the textbook and then like maybe doing some practice problems but like that doesn't yeah. help when you can bring those things in with you like why do that i think um and also for economics and math exams i mostly i think a big part of it is the theory behind it so mm -hmm. i do like derive the conclusions in like a like a variable sense like i don't know the proper term for it but basically non-numerical mm. so i know like why these things work and why it is happening this way that's why even though i'm an applied math minor in my heart i'm uh, i'm mat <laughs> I, I much prefer pure <laughs> yeah like, i was gonna ask like do you need to plug in numbers to your formulas on exams uh yes sometimes what a weird concept i feel like physics very rarely asks you to do that yeah most of the time like it's even weird now on our homeworks we have to do that sometimes we have to actually write down numbers mm -hmm. <laughs> and i'm like 
I don't. Well, I mean, I don't know. I do that all the time in my astronomy homework oh, and stuff. Yeah, I, I guess like just pure physics doesn't really do it that often, but astronomy mm-hmm. probably does. Which like makes sense. Yeah. Agreed. Yes. <laughs> Can confirm. Do you get to take things into your tests? Because we always do. So it depends on the class. For econ, I have never been able to take anything in. Mm-hmm. For philosophy, they let us bring in. Uh, it depends on the professor, really. Uh, some of them allow us to bring in like the source material with any annotations we have, but that's it. Mm. Uh, one professor I had, and I think this was a really smart way of doing it, he gives you the exam questions before the actual exam mm-hmm. and allows you to bring in like a five-page cheat sheet. And it's right, it sounds ridiculous, but the reason why it works is because they're all like essay questions and they're all stuff that you can't really look up online. Mm-hmm. You have to figure it out on your own. Oh, so he so just gives you the time. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And it's not really testing our memorization of the subject. It's testing our ability to reason from the knowledge we have. Yeah. Do you think at that point he would just not have it as an exam, just have it as a paper yeah. you turn in? Well, which is basically what happens for I most guess. people. I you think just it's... have to write it all out in one Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Could you just write the paper on your cheat sheet and then copy it? That's, that's what I do. Oh. But like I, I, I have to reason the arguments myself well, yeah. and come up with all of the reasons as to why mm-hmm. outside of the class. Yeah. Like we're, nothing is copy and pasted except for my own thoughts. Mm-hmm. Although yeah. to be fair, the GRE does have two essays where you have to um, critique an argument. Oh, the general? And then do something else. Yeah. I forget. I, mm. We got to take a practice test now. I, I can help with that if you need it. I'm quite good at that. I'm good at that. I believe you. You don't know what I'm good at. You're right. I don't. But I'm just, I'm offering my services, Audrey. All right. Ready? Critique my argument. (laughs) Beauty is found only in the simplest of things. Can you define beauty and can you define simple? Also define a thing. (laughs) No. Step one of creating a good essay, define your terms. No. If you do not define your terms, your essay will not flow. I am not the essay. I am the prompt. Well, then we get to define it in the critique. Correct. Which means we have control over Ah, see, you'd do good critique. on this GRE, wouldn't you? Yeah, you'd just be like... That's what all the tips say. Yes. Yeah, like using beauty as this definition, all of this is wrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like, so long as the argument flows well and it makes logical sense, it's good. I'm also the... I'm uh, on the e-board of the Stony Brook debate team. And so mm. part of my job with that is teaching these young children how to debate. <laughs> young children? They are mostly freshmen. That doesn't um, make them young children. I am, Audrey, I am an old man. I am turning 22 <laughs> in three days. Ooh. Um, Happy birthday. Happy yeah. birthday, Thank you. Ooh, Do we want to have a some way of celebrating birthdays on this cast? It, how often? Does it gonna... have to fall on the day that we're recording? No. No. Just like in the general time frame. All right. Well, we'll think of that and get the next person's birthday. Yeah. yeah I, I don't happy think it's going to happen James. that often. <laughs> you could bring Ben back on in happy, December. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. No, happy birthday. Happy, the song isn't, birthday. isn't um, copywritten anymore, so we can use it. Happy birthday. Oh, Wait, I wasn't, I wasn't doing it. Yeah. Says, why do you what? think all TV shows sing like he, for he's a jolly good fellow instead of happy birthday? Audrey, I barely watch actual TV. 
Like, all TV and movies have, like, their and and restaurants, when they sing to you, they don't sing happy birthday. Oh, I knew that. I've yeah, been to it's because Fridays it was copywritten until, like, two that. years ago. That's totally something I've noticed but never thought of. Yeah, yeah it was, it was, about. it just entered public domain, like, recently. That's insane. Who copywrote it? Copywritten it? Who, who oh, put the copyright I look, on I it? I looked this the up. The creator. Uh, uh, thanks, Matt. It was, like, wasn't it, like, two sisters? I can't remember. I don't know. I don't know. But it was copywritten until very recently. And so now, like, TV shows can sing actual happy birthday. Huh. Mm-hmm. You're a jolly good fellow. You too, man. Anyways, back to my original point before <laughs> I went on a tangent about my birthday. Um, One of the main things that we teach them when creating the arguments that they have to create is to define their terms well. Because if they don't, then the other team... Can put loopholes. Can mm-hmm. poke, holes. poke holes in it and... They will be able to define the terms, and mm-hmm. that whoever defines the terms is usually the one who wins the argument. Yeah, because the argument flows as they want it to, mm-hmm. and so that's super important when writing essays. That is one of the most important things I have learned in my philosophy degree. Is define your terms. Definitions people. are important. I mean, that's also true in writing for physics. Yeah, no, in anything writing. Yeah, if it's an argumentative paper, which a lab is. Yeah. Then you. That must define the terms. That was one of my fr- most frustrating things reading this paper this week was that it's like a pretty advanced plasma mm. physics, plasma accelerator theory paper. And so many things like variables like in the, in the mathematics that are in the paper aren't really clearly defined. Mm. And so it will just start using like some Greek letter. Like it will start, it will start using capital lambda, lambda without really expressing what it is because it assumes you're coming from a background of like having a phd in in plasma accelerators and so it expects you to just know by looking at the equation what it Mm. is but as someone coming from underneath yeah it's a little it's a little hard to to kind of follow yeah i've also experienced that i've been reading through papers to prepare for my thesis in economics Mm. and i went to a website that i knew had a lot of great econ papers if anyone wants to know, it's NBER, the National Bureau of Economic Research. They have a lot of really great papers on there. Where's the O? The O? The O. It's insignificant. Uh, <laughs> but uh, a lot of the papers on there are very dense and very much written for people higher up in the field. And I do feel like there is definitely a disconnect between, like, people who aren't in the field and people who are Mm. and the jargon that they use. And I feel like that does hurt, especially in something like economics where the economic implications can mean a lot for a person's daily life. Mm -hmm. Um, It also, like, it it doesn't help that people don't really understand economics that well. And this fuels their, like, political opinions and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Um and having easier access, I think, would make a more educated populace and a better voting base, basically, if they actually understand the implications of the things that were being pushed. So exams. <laughs> yes, exams. I dislike them, uh, unless they're testing your analytical and reasoning ability from the priors that you have learned. Uh, we've taken some really good physics exams. Have we? I think <laughs> I think we've taken some good physics exams in our time here. I think KK's exams were great. Our our first year physics exams, I thought those Can't were Can't relate. You didn't like them? <laughs> Did terrible on those. Yeah? Yeah. 
I, I thought they did a really good job of, like, testing the material and also giving you an opportunity to show that you have, like, a higher understanding. Was that the advanced class you guys took yeah. freshman year? Yeah, the I honors heard, I heard horror stories about that from other people. I did okay. Funny story. One of my friends from home is actually friends with his son. Mm. Yeah, because they both go to Brown. Oh, yeah, he does go to Brown. I remember he told us that. Yeah. Mm. And one of my friends is just like, hey... One of my friends' dad is a professor at Stony Brook. His name is Kumar. And I'm like, oh, what does he teach? And he's like, physics. And I'm like, well, I don't have him, but I've heard horrible things about his class. <laughs> from Matt? <laughs> from Matt and from other people. See, ironically, that was my worst grade in physics. Yeah? Yeah. Um, Why is that? first semester class. Oh, because it was like year. the most basic class. Mm. You, yeah. It, it, it should be the one you're best at. <laughs> you know, my, my advisor hates that class. Not not the honors one. He can't really speak to that one. But he's a recitation instructor for the like basic intro, like one thirty one. And man, does he not like that class? He's like, it teaches way too much, mm. and it doesn't like emphasize the things that kids are actually going to be using in physics. He also really didn't like the way Enm two was taught. Uh, the way that Griffiths teaches it. Really? Yeah, he doesn't like the order of Griffith's textbook. He says, I was talking to him about this yesterday. He's like, I would teach optics first. First cover optics because people are coming right off of summer vacation and they're not going to want to jump right into like energy and and electromagnetic fields. Mm. I don't really like optics, so I appreciated not doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Just get it over with. It's not the hard part of the class. We could just not do it. Optics aren't the hard part. And he said he wouldn't teach the relativistic stuff at all. See, that, that upsets me. Oh, because you're astro. Yeah. He's like, 2% of the class maybe will need relativistic <laughs> electrodynamics. That's me. <laughs> He's like, why do we teach all of them yeah, who how ne- to do who that? Ne- who needs optics? A lot more people than need relativistic electrodynamics, I think. Bunch <laughs> of nerds. <laughs> what are we going to do? Make I some glasses? Really <laughs> <laughs> I'm too tired for that. <laughs> There's so much more to optics than glasses, and you know it. You can work with lasers and like spectroscopy stuff. Okay, I do know those Ooh. words, and those do seem pretty important. Yeah. Spectroscopy, though. <laughs> so you're just yawning at lasers? Yeah, I'm yawning at lasers. Oh man. They're just they're just like flashlights. <laughs> They're just really strong flashlights. That's my take. I guess. I guess. Maybe. No. no. Am I wrong? I, I, don't, I have nowhere to speak on this. I don't know anything about I lasers. I think in terms of their use, absolutely not. Are they like <laughs> flashlights? And I think there are loads. I don't know if you've had this physics GRE question 80,000 times by now. But oh, with the different types the of different lasers? The different types of lasers, because they're not all the same. Mm. And they don't work like flashlights, except for, <laughs> I guess, diode lasers would kind of work like flashlights. Maybe, like LED flashlights. But I don't think anyone really uses diode lasers anymore. I don't know things. I'm not an optics person. But yeah, I can't blame you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh my God. But... Yeah, he, re- he really disagrees with the way those courses are taught. But I, I liked the tests we had in Kumar's class. I think I think they gave you like a really good opportunity to kind of go further 
than the regular coursework. Like mm. if you if you knew just the basics that we covered in lecture, you'd get an okay grade. And then if you really like went above and beyond, you'd get a really good grade. And I remember our first exam, I got a perfect score. It was my first exam in college. And I was like, I'm good. And then the next one is like, no, you're not good. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, but and I, I, th- I think uh, Naveed's exams were great for, for E&M. Who? <laughs> Naveed, <laughs> my advisor, you mean. Oh, I know who he is, but the people don't. Yeah, I don't. I am the Well, because we haven't settled on if we're like chill with saying names on this podcast because they're not here. We'll call him. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> call him Fergie. No. <laughs> Fergie. No. This is Fergie. I'm good with that. I thought you didn't want the pun in there. Oh, I, yeah, you're right. I didn't. <laughs> yeah, way to be self inconsistent. Wow. <laughs> but anyway, my advisor taught us the first semester of electrodynamics and i think his exams were very good yeah they were well designed i did like them yeah, yeah. i remember the first one we ever took and like genuinely coming out of it and being like that was a fun exam <laughs> like yes i'm a giant nerd but like that was a good fun exam like it, it made me feel confident that i knew and understood the material because mm-hmm. that's what it tested yeah and it was just but it wasn't boring yeah like i feel like the test that we took this week was a little boring because it was one question on a pretty easy principle. It was, hey, read example 7.1 and problem 7.2 of the textbook you're allowed to bring and just copy those answers. Yeah. I will say that there are, like, not all exams are blanket bad. Yeah. Like I said before, I had that exam last semester that I actually enjoy taking and I feel like I learned from it. Um, exams like that I feel are good, but ones that are just like the ones you guys had the other day. Mm. They're they not don't... very helpful. Exactly. They're not testing the knowledge it should be testing or the abilities they should be testing. About the concept of an oral exam. Um I would say in theory they're good because you are you should be able to explain yourself and explain your reasoning and stuff, but in practice there are a lot of external factors that are mm. independent in each person. That if that person, let's say they have, they're afraid of speaking in public or they have anxiety or something like that, Mm -hmm. that negatively impacts their grade. But what it should be teaching is your ability to reason and your ability to walk through your steps of how you're able to arrive at a conclusion. And I feel like that is better tested in like a paper yeah, or like an essay or something like that. Mm -hmm. I feel that anything an oral exam would test would be better for a paper. Uh, I do think speaking in public is a useful skill to have, but I don't think it's necessary. Matt, have you ever had like anything like like an oral physics exam? Nope, never. I don't think I've ever really had an exam, but I've had like discussions with advisors about physics, where they're like asking me very leading questions, Mm. kind of, and I actually quite like it. Uh, yeah, I've had experiences like that. Yeah, where you're like in your professor's office and you're working mm-hmm. through a problem on the board or or on paper or whatever, and you're like verbally reasoning your way through it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I as think opposed it's to super just helpful. flat yeah. out answering your questions, mm-hmm. they're 
helping you to answer your own questions. Yeah, they're yeah. they're adapting to you. But that is, I would say, different than an oral exam. That is different than an oral exam. It is. It's not it an is. exam. And there's no like stress or anxiety related with it. This is true. Um, oh, except okay. not wanting to well, sound like an I, idiot. I, yeah. I can't say anything about the anxiety. <laughs> One time, that. Naveed asked me for for a type of force that was linearly dependent on position, and I said gravity, <laughs> which is like really not true. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. my first ever meeting with him too he's That's... like yeah we can see from this that the force is linear de- linearly dependent on the radius so what must it be and i'm like gravity and he's like, <laughs> you're really uh, clipping on that I, hey you I, will know what? S- I will say that one of the problems with economics undergrad programs at least here at stony brook is that we're taught a lot of theory but not mm. a lot of application which I did say before that I love theory more than mm. application, but for econ, you know application a lot. And so, like, when my professors ask me stuff, like, in meetings at their office hours, I usually have no idea what to say. Yeah. Like, stuff like that, I just goes, I yeah, never learned that's it. part of why I think in physics especially, but I say in physics especially so many times on this podcast, <laughs> but that's because it's what I know, but I think it's so important to have like that one-on-one mm-hmm. time with with your advisor or professors in general just so that you have an opportunity to take what you're learning in theory and actually like work on it on a, on a real thing mm-hmm. um and even if it's not a real thing it's just like it's an experience to like work through the way you reason through a problem it's not the same way everyone else reasons through right. a problem so and like i've started meeting with my thesis advisor like once a week mm-hmm. um just to go over my progress and how i'm doing with stuff and it really has helped me like understand what I'm doing more. Yeah, it's so helpful. Like my my research meetings are mostly like me and my advisor talking through a problem and like writing stuff on the board. And it like first off, it helps me understand what I'm doing more and it mm-hmm. sets up what I do for the next week in my research and keeps it on track. But it also like builds so much confidence in myself as as yeah. a researcher that I like know what I'm doing because I'm having this back and forth with with my advisor i think it's really great bottom line if you want to understand a material better go to the professor's office hours yeah yeah shameless plug for office hours <laughs> yeah shameless plug. There you go. <laughs> um yeah i never go to office hours which is crazy i don't go to ta office hours i i don't think i've, I've been to office hours maybe once really yeah, it just never really comes up for me. I find them super helpful if you go to the professors because they can explain things very well. Yeah, I only really go if I need to, though. Yeah. Well, yeah, like before an exam, I'll go. If I really don't understand something, then I'll go. Right. Or just professors who take emails. Mm. Like oh, a lot of the times, the I'll just have a question that's a real simple answer that is not worth the time going out and trucking to their office. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, taking their valuable time when they can just write a two-line email, <laughs> answer it. That's also true. Like, if I need to, like, be walked through a problem, oh yeah, I'll go to the professor's yeah. office hours. But if it's just like, a, hey, is this an acceptable answer? Or, like, hey, I don't really understand, like, what the question is asking, then that that that's an email. Yeah. That's an email. That's an, that's email. an email. See that? That's an email. <laughs> Yeah. What? Nice hair. <laughs> Looks good. What? What? A nice hair. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's longer than before. It sure it, it, it exists. Now. So is yours. Yeah, I grew up myself. Me too. You made that joke, I already. think. I think that's one of the funniest jokes that I can make. <laughs> it's not just you, buddy. Whenever anyone asks me, for those of you who don't know, my hair has grown a good amount <laughs> over the past uh, year. I haven't gotten a haircut in like a year, and it's pretty long now. Uh, whenever someone says, I like what you did with your hair, my the response is always the same. It's, I grew myself. And I think that that's hilarious. Yeah, I like I used to have a, a pretty shaved head. So now when people see me, especially when we came back for the semester, like people would see me for the first time with like mm-hmm. some amount of hair, especially people who met me when I was bald and be like, you have hair. And I'm like, yeah, it yeah. turns out it, it grows if you don't cut it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know what you expected. Believe you cut it, it like not. a year and a half ago, right? Shaved. I I shaved it for over two years. Really? Yeah. Wait. I cut it. I shaved it freshman year on my birthday. Oh, that was fresh. I thought it was sophomore. No, it was birthday. freshman year. My mistake. Okay. So that makes uh, more yeah, sense. I had it. I had it shaved for almost. Yeah, two that's and a half long time. Years. Two and a half. Not quite. Uh, but, give, but give over two there. years. Because I Actually, sta- no, I started growing it out in the summer. It's definitely been two and a half years. Well, Cause but this is not... it. That's true. Yeah. You have had hair for a few months. Yeah. Yes. My wow. mistake. I failed to consider that. Yeah, consider. I'm sorry, Audrey. How dare you? Understandable. What? I just saw a tweet that says, the weather went from 90 to 55 like it saw a state trooper. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I swam in the ocean this week because it was warm enough to swim in the ocean. How was it? It was lovely. Because um, on Wednesday it was almost ninety. Yeah. And and I I went swimming and I went to the beach and it was lovely. And then the next day it was fifty five and raining. Yeah. Did Ben ever explain that to us? The I winter. feel like he did, but I feel he like he did. I, you just weren't listening. I, yeah, I feel like I just don't listen when he starts talking about meteorology. Because we have a high, a big high pressure spot above us. Yeah. Mm. And that's why it's cold out no. west. Yes, yeah. that's where the low pressure is. Yeah. Well, not because it's cold. See, I listen to Because it has more extreme weather. Oh. Well, not not extreme, but... but it snowed out in California, though. I think? No. No? I f- he said it no. snowed somewhere on the West Coast. No. He definitely said that. It's west of us. Yes. Everything is west of us, for the most part. No. Yeah, no. No. Well, okay, the, the U.S. No. No. What is east of us? The Hamptons and most of Maine. Vermont. That's why I said New most Hampshire, of the U.S. Massachusetts. I think most as defined as Rhode Island. Uh, greater than 51 or greater than 50%. My statement stands true. <laughs> I have just won this argument. Defining Anyways. your terms. Yes. Anyways, it's October. Spooky life is season. Life seems good in this theory on paper. It's going to be a, a rough month. I think. Vibing. Yeah. It's homecoming weekend. Get hyped today. Today's home. Well, it's still homecoming weekend. That's true. Yes, they are composite. Thank you very much. I'm sorry. <laughs> There's a lot to be excited about. So, if you got an exam coming up, get hyped. <laughs> Study for it. Give it your all. That's my word of advice. Yeah. I I don't know if I agree with giving exams your all. Why not? I think give exams what they need. Like, because not mm. all exams take your all. So you That's shouldn't true. give it to them. No more, no less. There is a right amount to study. Yeah, like, for you to especially find out. now it's midterm season. Like, prioritizing your exams is going to yeah. be really important. 
Like, we don't, we don't have that many courses that have exams this semester because we're seniors. Well, I do. Well, okay. Because I'm late well, to the math game. Be quiet. <laughs> oh, sorry. So so we don't have that many exams, but I, I remember, like, even last semester, we were drowning under exams all within the same, like, week, mm-hmm. two weeks. And usually it starts in October, there's another one in November, and then in the finals. So, you know, give your exams what they need, but take care of yourself. Yeah. Exams aren't everything. They don't usually actually test if you're going to be good in your field, but they are important. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. Just do it. Just, just, just do it. Just go out there and do it. Just win. A lot of people get like apprehensive and hesitant, anxious, and they like procrastinate studying because of it. Don't mm. at me. But just, just do it, man. Just do it. <laughs> just go out there and do it. Don't let your dreams be dreams. Yeah. Thank you, Shia LaBeouf. What's going off of Matt's Shia LaBeouf? Thank you, Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> I You're love welcome. that you've now said that twice, but. Listeners can't see that you said it to me and then said it to Matt. <laughs> yeah, but I was hoping you'd say that. Oh, so. oh, you designed this system? <laughs> yes. I'm one right. one might say he presaged it. Mm, oh my god. I don't know what that means. Haha, <laughs> I do. Don't explain it. I'm guessing it means designed. Nope. What? Foretold. Oh. oh. Well, you could have also just said foretold and saved us all the time and trouble of defining that. Uh, and therein lies the point. The, yeah, mm. GRE is dumb. Or, Matt, is there a fancy GRE word for dumb? <laughs> should probably get back to studying. Yeah, you can't think of one on the spot. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> I've said all that needs to be said. Understandable. Uh, do you want to plug your Twitter? Oh, the, the... oh! I actually just made that today. I saw because I got a security alert on our email. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you guys have an email for this? Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. So anyways, yeah. I'll currently... we'll be in touch. <laughs> oh, jeez, I just... So apparently, because I just set up our Twitter account at Sprout in STEM. Matt, that's incorrect. I know, but it has to be short. Mm. That's true. Well, the, the, the username, well, the account name is Sprouting in STEM, but the username is at Sprout in STEM. Oh, you want right. to add podcast in there? I will. I'll, okay. I'll set the whole thing up. But as of right now, I have nothing on the account. Okay. So when I went to just open it up, it said that Twitter has temporarily limited some of our account features because apparently it thinks we're a robot. <laughs> <laughs> Because I just made an account with nothing on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bots tend to do that. <laughs> Did you even add, like, our photo or anything? No, not yet. Because oh. <laughs> I set that up and I just ran over here. All right. So now I got to enter this CAPTCHA. I am not a robot. You're not a robot. Oh, I got to select all the images of oh, palm trees. one. <laughs> I can't tell what's a palm tree. <laughs> They're all terrible images. Maybe you are a robot. I feel like I always oh, I think we might fail those. Yeah, and then, like, what happens? Do you lose your humanity? Mm, a little bit. A little bit. Chips away. You fuck up too many captures. There will be nothing left. Eventually, you just are a husk of your former, for, bleh, former self. Mm. Yes, I speak good. <laughs> <laughs> Debate team who? Hey, I'm just a teacher now. Also a judge. <laughs> so I don't have to talk good anymore. Good news. 
our account is unlocked. Yeah, so go check us out on Twitter if that's your domain. Twitter makes me too anxious, so that's running the Twitter. Yeah, Twitter's scary. Twitter scares me a lot. Why? It's so much. It's a, it's a lot. It's just so much. It's a very honest the only... platform. It, I, like, I get why people like Twitter, but it honestly, mm. it's just like the constant stream of content yeah. is too much for me. All right. I Did guess you that's... send me an image of... I need you to send there... me an image of our logo. Oh, well, like good news is... Good news is, Matt, is that I set up a beautiful Google Drive that is shared with you. That's true. That has a folder in it called Designs. <laughs> that okay, okay. Within I, get it, it, I get it. I get it. Contains all, all right. of our content. All right. Cool. I Can got I have that it. Shared with me. What? Can I have that shared no. with me? No. Why not? Because you're not Viewing part access of it. only. No. no. I won't be able to do anything. I just look at it and be like, yeah, this is nice. You can look at it on our new Twitter. Look or, at the whole drive. Do you share it to my or our Instagram. Or my I'm not talking about the contents Stunny. of it. I'm talking about the format. Oh. I want to see if it's well formatted. It's got several folders. Okay. Within it. What's in those folders? There's a folder for our like our editing files, mm-hmm. all the data that goes into those. Mm-hmm. And then there's a folder for our MP3s once they're exported. And then there is a document for planning. And then there is a folder for graphic design. I think that's beautiful. Yeah. I think there's a real beauty in, in organized simple files. things. In organized <laughs> files. Look, I uh, have recently been given access to a shared drive. Mm. And it was a mess mm. when I got into it. And I had to reorganize the whole thing to mm. make it like nice. I'm not going to say whose it was. Because I don't want to put anyone on blast. <laughs> but, yeah. There's a real beauty to it. Yeah. I'm I'm good at keeping things organized. It's one of my yeah. skills. Yeah. I'm uh I'm not organized at all in like my my physical life. <laughs> but in my digital life I am super organized. That's actually that's true. I do I'm I'm in the same way. Yeah, my desk is a mess. I I have one of those accordion folders. Oh. That's like color coded sections for different courses. Mm-hmm. And I bought it being like, this will be great. I'll keep all my papers organized for all my classes and I'll always have them with me because I always tend to like not have the one paper I need, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so I got that folder and I had it for like actually like probably six months at, without actually assigning <laughs> different classes or <laughs> subjects to each section. So I you open... Like I remember this. <laughs> yeah. This you... is freshman year? No, this no? was this year. Oh, was? Yeah. So you oh, literally, <laughs> you open the folder and it's just all mixed <laughs> But I actually, I fixed it this week. All right, that's good. That was my my contribution to myself. Was I actually went and took everything out, got rid of? I, there was so much stuff from last semester I didn't need anymore. But it was just like this beautiful color coded folder, but with no organization <laughs> and a random like there would be music next to quantum oh, problem God. sets and random ad- admin forms and all this all mixed mm-hmm. together. Yeah, I so. just have a. I just have all my, like, papers that aren't important just, mm. like, thrown over my desk. Uh, it's it's a real mess. How's it going over there, Matt? Yeah. Oh, yeah, good thumbs up for the podcast. <laughs> we're, we're going good. We got a logo up there. Add in the banner. Here, let me check out this Twitter account. Yeah, so go oh. check us out on Twitter. If you're not following us on Instagram, also check out our Instagram. Um, 
we have Facebook also. <laughs> All right. Then, Let's wrap uh, this up. Yeah, right. you guys want to go to a sport thing. No, I don't. I have homework to do. Oh. Well, I have sleeping to, to do. For. I'm ill. I got big sleep last Nerds. night. Nerds. nice. I'm going to do my practice exam tomorrow. Okay. When? Whenever I can. Can you let me know and we can do it together if you want? I'm just going to do it whenever I could. <laughs> you can do it whenever you want. Oh. Just, just let me know which one you're doing. Okay. Why? Why? Because it's just easier that way. What? Is it? Yeah. Because then you can do it at your leisure. I'll do it at my leisure. Uh, and then we'll compare? Yeah. Why are we comparing? Why not? Oh, is it because you're, when you take the actual exam, you're not going to be able to communicate? Yeah, test-taking conditions. Yes, I hate them. But sometimes they make sense. I guess. Yeah, and you got to take a actual time to be GRE soon, so. Eventually. <laughs> it's too long. That's awful. Three and a half hours is too long to be taking a test continuously. I agree. I heard the LSAT. That was like four and a half, five hours. Yeah. We got like one 15-minute break. Yeah, it's stupid. It's awful. It's very I'm silly. so angry I took it twice for it to mean nothing. Yeah, no that's on you, sir. Oh, it is 100% my fault. But in retrospect, <laughs> it's kind of funny. Mm. Yeah. All right. All right. Wrap it up. Yeah, we'll wrap it up so you guys can go do your things and I can sleep. All right. All right. Thanks for having us. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're always here. Well, Thank- yeah, but thanks for having no. me. No. Retcon, I said that. Thank you for having us. Or thanks having for being me. here, James. No problem, Matt. Glad you could come. You, you know I could come. I'm gonna stop it now. All right. <laughs> Bye.